Here's the headlines. Northside resale home market gradually reviving. Unity Church building in Westridge scheduled for demolition. Many of Chicago's favorite restaurants and watering holes will not reopen after quarantine. Chicago has most violent day in 60 years. Uptown theater plans appear to be in jeopardy. Local live theater and entertainment industry continues to struggle. A Chicago billionaire buys a $100 million painting. Doors open for innovative affordable housing in Chicago. Permit parking enforcement begins again. Racial insensitivity affects the arts. This is Reno Lovison, executive producer at ChicagoBroadcastingNetwork.com. We're pleased to continue our alliance with Inside Publications, enabling us to provide summaries of news from their three local newspapers distributed throughout Chicago lakefront communities, including the Inside Booster, News Star, and the Skyline. This is the July 2020 podcast summary issue. Listeners will have access to the complete stories presented by picking up any of the Inside Publications offered for free at various locations throughout the lakefront communities or visit InsideOnline.com. Stand by for a quick summary of the news after about 20 seconds of our theme song, Foster Avenue Beach, by Steve Solomon. Now let's take a look at the Inside Publications news. Inside Publications has been keeping their readers informed about COVID-19 related news that impacts our Chicago neighborhoods. But since this is a review of things that have occurred in the past four weeks or so, I've chosen not to include a lot about COVID related news in this podcast as it's a rapidly changing topic. Thomas O'Gorman reports that sadly many of Chicago's favorite restaurants and watering holes will not reopen after quarantine. Gold Coast neighborhood pub Pippin's Tavern is permanently closed. The Loop's downtown Italian favorite Trattoria No. 10 is permanently closed after 30 years. Water Tower's mighty nice bar and grill and food life will not be reopening. Bucktown's Mindy Siegel announced she'd permanently closed her popular restaurant Mindy's Hot Chocolate on Damon after 15 years. California Clipper and C.C. Ferns in Trendy Humboldt Park will close. In Old Town, North Avenue restaurant Two Light Seafood and Oyster will not be returning. Francesca's on Taylor has ceased operations in Little Italy. Since the economic lockdown, it was reported in June that ridership on CTA buses and trains has dropped by 80%. Dealing with fears over spreading COVID-19 on public transportation, the CTA announced changes to riding protocols and their cleaning of buses and trains. The world of real estate buying and selling may never be the same after the year of the virus. Virtually all purchases now rely on digital photos and videos to tour for sale properties. Both buyers and sellers are required to wear masks during face-to-face -face negotiations, and closings have become a drive-by affair. Many brokers are utilizing curbside closings, which are held at satellite offices and in parking lots of title companies. 
In the arts, the Lakeshore Music Studio has been providing online piano lessons for all ages during the stay-at-home order and will continue to do so during the summer months. For more information, visit lakeshoremusicstudio.com. The local live theater and entertainment industry continues to struggle due to the economic shutdown caused by the coronavirus pandemic and changing trends. Just about every theater in Chicagoland has canceled or postponed their shows. Lincoln Park's I.O. Theater on Kingsbury announced they will shut down. Further north on Lakeview, Mercury Theater on North Southport Avenue announced their permanent closure due to the loss of revenue following the COVID-19 shutdown. In Edgewater, Steep Theater Company announced it's losing its longtime home at 1115 West Berwyn, as the vintage brick building that houses the theater was sold. They hope to reopen someday at another Edgewater location. The Lyric Opera has canceled the full fall 2020 season due to the pandemic, as has the Joffrey Ballet. Comedy Sports at 929 West Belmont canceled all their shows for the foreseeable future. Thomas J. O'Gorman reports that Andrew Alexander resigned as co-owner and longtime executive producer of Second City after hard-to-battle accusations of institutionalized racism were leveled against the venerated Old Town-based comedy institution. Second City named Anthony LeBlanc as interim executive producer. In another twist, Erica Daniels, executive director of Victory Gardens Theater, has resigned her post facing similar criticism about racial insensitivity. Yet with further arts-related fallout, the Poetry Foundation announced that its president and board chair are resigning after an open letter signed by more than 30 poets and 1,000 others criticized the foundation's recent statement on the Black Lives Matter movement. There is some good news for one theater group this summer. Sterling Bay will be partnering with Lincoln Square-based Davis Theater and the Lincoln Park-based Cinema Arts nonprofit Facets to launch a new drive-in at Lincoln Yards. This movie series will take place along the north branch of the Chicago River. They will show one modern classic movie every Thursday through Sunday night starting at 8.30 p.m. Audio for the movie will be broadcast through AM radios. Tickets are available online. Plans for the cursed Uptown Theater would appear to be in jeopardy once again. Who needs a new 3,000-seat theater when nobody wants to sit next to each other? After years of fits and starts, planning and failures, fundraising and more, the work to restore the historic theater at Broadway and Lawrence was supposed to start this summer. We'll see what happens. Chicagoan Ken Griffin, founder of Citadel Hedge Fund Investment House, just coughed up more than $100 million for a remarkable 1982 painting, Boy and Dog in a Johnny Pump, by Jean-Michel Basquiat the late black artist who focused on issues of race and equality. The local billionaire is also giving about $5 million to help repair storm and water damage along the North Lakefront Trail route. In 2016, Griffin gave $12 million to create separate paths for pedestrians and bicycle traffic on the busy Lakefront Trail. The recent death of the resident pianist at the Ritz-Carlton for 18 years, James Sebastian, has left many musical Chicagoans brokenhearted. Former longtime 42nd Ward Alderman Bert Nateris died on June 11th at the age of 86. Read Felicia Dector and Thomas J. O'Gorman's columns in the June 17th to 23rd issue of Skyline for their interesting reflections. Motorists have received a grace period through July 15th to purchase residents-only parking permits, city stickers, and renew license plates. But that grace period is over. Permit parking enforcement begins again 
on July 16th. On May 31st, Chicago set an embarrassing new record of 21 murders in 24 hours. Chicago's most violent day in 60 years. Suffice it to say that there is just way too much gun-related violence in our city. On the police beat and in crime news, a man on bail for allegedly battering a police officer at a downtown CTA station is now charged with robbing a woman in Uptown as she rode the red line home from work on June 8th. Police responded to several calls of a man waving a knife near the Irving Park Brown Line CTA station. A mom-and-pop convenience store in Rogers Park was robbed twice in two days, according to Chicago police. A man tried to lure a 13-year-old boy into a vehicle near the 3000 block of North Levitt. The teen ran away. Police responded to calls of shots fired on the 100 block of East Walton. Witnesses gave conflicting accounts of what happened. A woman reported being beaten and sexually assaulted at gunpoint June 16th in a loop parking garage. She told police that a stranger approached her with a gun on the garage's lower level and raped her. No one has been arrested. A man detonated an explosive device in an apparent attempt to access money inside an ATM at 5th 3rd Bank at 3179 North Clark Street. A 20-year-old man is in good condition after being shot on Lakeshore Drive near Grant Park, June 18th. Chicago police diffused a tense situation on June 17th as an alleged shoplifter, bleeding profusely from knife wounds and cuts from glass, walked through the Boys Town Nightlife District while refusing to speak to officers. The incident ended safely as officers kept their distance and the man walked himself into Advocate Illinois Masonic Medical Center. A man is in good condition after being shot three times at a party in a Lincoln Park apartment building June 20th. No one is in custody. A 21-year-old man was in critical condition after he was shot while riding in a car on Lakeshore Drive near Fullerton June 20th. Kevin, a five-pound sandy blonde Morky who was stolen from Jarvis Beach, was returned. Details of his return are sketchy. But rest assured that Kevin is now home, safe and sound. In real estate news, Don DeBat reports the Northside resale home market is gradually reviving. Mayor Lori Lightfoot introduced an innovative ordinance to expand housing access to thousands of residents across Chicago by permitting owners to add moderate, low-cost rental units in spaces such as attics, basements, and coach houses. It is estimated that as many as 100,000 affordable apartment units could be added to the city's housing stock. On June 17th, the Chicago City Council voted to approve two high-density residential towers at 400 North Lakeshore Drive, with a total of approximately 1,100 residential units supported by ground floor commercial and amenity space. The Unity Church Building near Granville and Ridge, also home to the Chicago Town and Tennis Club, originally built in a Tudor style as an Elks Club Lodge in the 1920s, is slated for demolition to allow for expansion of Misericordia. Local groups tried, but so far were unable to raise the estimated $1.5 million needed to move the building in order to preserve it. A Lincoln Park Condominium Association is suing Francis W. Parker School for trying to secretly take over their building on West Belden by hiding the identity of the buyers of some units in the building in order to gain votes needed 
to acquire the property. This is Reno Lovison, executive producer at ChicagoBroadcastingNetwork.com, reminding you to please like, share, and subscribe to our podcast to be informed when new Chicago-related content is added. Keep in mind that RenoWeb.net provides video production services and during the stay-at-home period has helped a number of clients by editing video they have produced themselves. To learn more, visit RenoWeb.net. Thank you to Inside Publications for allowing us to provide this summary of Chicago neighborhood news extracted from the June 2020 issues of the Inside Booster, News Star, and Skyline newspapers. Get the complete facts about each of these stories and more by picking up a free copy of Inside Booster, News Star, or the Skyline. Go to InsideOnline.com to find a distributor near you or to subscribe to the newspaper's online edition. Thanks to Steve Solomon for the use of Foster Avenue Beach as our theme song. That's okay.